0: from the cyber hub bunker in studio you're tuning in to the cyber hub podcast and now for your host and CISO, james azar good morning gang welcome to another episode of the cyber hub podcast wednesday march 8th 2023 packed show this morning a lot to talk about so First of all, if you didn't check out yesterday's episode with Dmitry Sokolovsky, you've missed out on one of the better CISO Talk episodes of this season thus far. Uh, We've got a whole bunch of more episodes coming in, and all of them just keep getting better and better. So go check out the CISO Talk podcast. You can find it on our YouTube channel or look up CISO Talk on your favorite podcast listening platform. Make sure to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating while you're at it. CyberHubPodcast.com where you can get all the latest. This podcast is available on your favorite podcast listening platform, and that's CyberHub podcast as well happy international women's day as well today is international women's day uh, marking the celebration of the most powerful force on the planet women so cheers to them as well so (laughs) happy wednesday to everyone in the comments we're live on facebook linkedin youtube twitter and twitch right here 9 a.m eastern and to kick off this morning i'll go ahead and grab my traditional double espresso join me in a coffee cup cheers to power us through this morning's cybersecurity brief cup cheers, y'all. We'll start off with the team over at Acer confirming a data breach when 160 gigabytes worth of data were put up on sale on a hacking forum. The Taiwanese computer giant is confirming that they've suffered a data breach. Um, they're claiming the threat actors hacked several servers hosting private documents used by repair technicians. However, the company uh, does has said that thus far they've been unable to uh, identify any customer data that's been impacted the confirmation comes after a mid-february uh, breach um where 160 gigabytes worth of data was stolen this data was put out in the dark web and is out for sale the threat actor claims to have stolen data containing technical manual software tools backend infrastructure details product model documentation for phones tablets and laptops bios images rom files iso files and replacement Digital product keys, a proof of the data stolen. The threat actor shared screenshots of technical schematics for the Acer V206HQL display, documents, BIOS definitions, and confidential documentation. They're selling the data for cryptocurrency for Monroe crypto, since that's harder to track. Um, in March of 2021, the computer maker was hit by the Revel ransomware gang, where they asked for 15 million dollars in exchange for the decryptor. And now Acer finds itself on the market with more data being stolen, just showing you the threat here. And by the way, risk-wise, if you're using Acer laptops, this could potentially have uh, significant risks to your organization. Uh, So something to consider and look at, you know, how dire is it? It's bad for Acer as a company. If you're a customer of Acer, it's still unknown yet what the impact is, but it's definitely worth running a risk assessment in your spare time on this specific breach if you have Acer equipment in your environment and identify more or less what kind of risks that poses to you and your organization. Chrome 111 is out and it patches 40 different vulnerabilities. So you wanna get your Chrome browsers updated. A total of 24 of the address security defects were reported by external researchers. Eight were high severity flaws, 11 were medium severity and five were low severity issues three of the high severity issue uh, vulnerabilities reported by external researchers are used after free bugs and the internet giant has also paid a whole ton of money here bug banner rewards in the sums of fifteen thousand, four thousand, and three thousand dollars dollars for some of these bugs uh, so you want to go and get your chrome updated imotat is back after a three-month break the Imotat malware operation is now back at it again as of Tuesday morning after a three-month break, emails have been sent out by servers known to be powered by the Emotet ransomware gang. The Emotet ransomware gang is a notorious malware that distributes through emails containing malicious Word and Excel document attachments. They're looking at macros, and then the Emotet DLL is downloaded, loaded into memory. The thing about Emotet is it doesn't download and start working. It actually downloads, hides in silence until it's given options cofence and the imitate tracking group uh crypto lamus have warned that the botnet is back up and again Uh, they're seeing red dawn templates that are very large coming in at over 500 megabytes they're seeing a decent flow of spam and the payload urls cofence has also confirmed to bleeping computer that the spam campaign began at 7 a.m eastern with current volumes remaining low instead of using a reply chain email like in previous campaigns The threat actors are usually utilizing emails that pretend to be invoices as ones shown below here. By the way, I would take a screenshot of this, potentially look at updating your spam filters and your email filters to just detect these right off the bat. If you can, attached are zip archive files that contain inflated Word documents that are over 500 megabytes in size. They're padded with unused data to make the files larger and harder for antivirus solutions to scan and detect as malicious the word uh, these Microsoft Word documents use Imitat's Red Dawn document template, prompting users to enable content on the document to see it correctly. Essentially, at that point, they download the DLL. DLL goes into quiet mode, runs in the background until it's actually picked up, until the C2 server is given commands. And then at that point, it does start to operate. So with Imitat back, that's something to keep in mind to your security operations team reported yesterday on the NVIDIA blue screen of death issue with the Windows, uh, alum, with the Windows 11, sy- Windows 10, and 11 systems. The fix is now out. You can see it in our show notes, but you want to get those NVIDIA, uh, you want to get those in, NVIDIA uh, CPUs uh, ready to go and update it as well. TSA reeling off the National Cybersecurity Strategy document that's given it oversight on cybersecurity in the aviation industry has now said that they are requiring airports and aircraft operators to improve their cybersecurity resiliency. The agency said the new cybersecurity requirement issued through an emergency amendment came in response to persistent threats against the country's aviation sector and other critical infrastructure. Airport and aircraft operators are required to develop a plan for improving their resilience and preventing infrastructure disruption and degradation. In addition, they need to assess the effectiveness of their measures Aviation organizations that are regulated by the TSA are required to develop network segmentation controls and policies to ensure that OT systems are not disrupted by incidents affecting IT systems and vice versa. So segmenting your networks, pretty basic controls here. Uh, The good airlines and the good airports know to do this. The smaller airports and the smaller airlines is where help is needed. So putting this mandate in without potentially providing assistance is going to be difficult. Existing requirements for airport and aircraft operators include reporting significant incidents to CISA, having a point of contact for security issues, and completing a vulnerability assessment and creating an IR plan. The new requirement came months at, just a few months after the TSA issued a directive for improving cybersecurity of railroad operations. So, with this amendment and other ongoing efforts, TSA will continue to work closely with the Department of Transportation, CISA, and other industry partners to strengthen aircraft uh, and airport resiliency of the critical infrastructure. We'll see how that works. Again, I, I, I'm on the record as saying, I don't think TSA should be touching cyber. Everything should be run by CISA, but but I'm just a simple, humble uh, individual y'all like to listen to. If you're a CISO and you love chat GBT, which many of us do, employees are feeding sensitive business data into there, raising security fears. So in the Idea of testing Chat some are actually using real life data in there. And at this time, it's unknown what kind of risks this brings to the business. I bring this story up for no reason other than to say, how can we look at the risks coming from Chat and how can we address those? What's the policies around the use of real life data within Chat If you haven't done that, I think the time to do so is now. Look at it from a perspective. That we're going to need to address ChatGPT sooner rather than later, and it's better not to kick the ball and kick the can down the road. Address it right now. A few ways to do this is to create test data, uh, only use it in real data if it's something that you've really spent money on ChatGPT. You own it, you know you've got more or less control of the data in, in that in, in that in that perspective. Otherwise, you know you're you're establishing a whole new risk vector, and we know that threat actors are looking at ChatGPT just like we are we know that it's being used in some cases just like we plan to use it so keep that in mind we we'll move to China and North Korea we'll kick off with the Lazarus group in North Korea exploiting a zero-day vulnerability to hack a South Korean financial institution the Lazarus group is weaponizing flaws in an undisclosed software to breach a financial business entity in South Korea twice within a span of a year so the question is if it's the same flaw why is it not fixed While the first attack happened in May of last year, 20 of 2022, until the use of a vulnerable version of a certificate software that's widely used by public institutions and university, the re-infiltration in October involved the exploitation of a zero-day in the same program. Man, oh man, not good. The adversarial collective, after obtaining an initial foothold by the unknown method, abused a zero-day bug. Perform lateral movement, shortly after which the OnLab version 3 anti-malware engine was disabled via a BYOVD attack. It's worth noting that the bring-your-own-vulnerable-driver technique has been repeatedly employed by Lazarus in recent months, as documented by both ESET and the OnLab team. Among other steps to conceal its malicious behavior includes changing file names before deleting them or modifying timestamps using an anti-forensic technique referred to as time-stomping. The attack ultimately paved the way for multiple backdoor payloads that are designed to connect to a command and control server and retrieve additional binaries and execute them in a fileless manner. North Korea and Lazarus remain up and running. You got to know your supply chain. You have to. And Sharp Panda is using the new Seoul framework to target Southeast Asian governments as part of an espionage campaign by China. As tensions carry up there the sole backdoor is being detailed uh, was be was detailed by broadcom and semantic in October of 2021 in connection to an unattributed espionage operation targeting defense healthcare and the industrial control system sectors in Southeast Asia now it's being used against government entities the attack chain detailed below talks about documents through RTF into dlls and in the backdoors talking to the CNC servers Um, and they're only responding to requests originating from IP addresses corresponding to targeted countries. The sole main module is responsible for communicating with the CNC server, and its primary purposes to receive and load in memory additional modules. Uh, interestingly, the backdoor configuration contains a radio silence-like feature, when the actors can specify can specify specific hours in the week when the backdoor is not allowed to communicate, thus trying to reduce its uh, digital footprint and potential its detection. So. There's that. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern live right here on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Tune in and make sure to be part of the show. Great episode. Go check out the episode I did yesterday again with Dmitry Stokolovsky on the CISO Talk podcast. You don't want to miss it. We talked about why we should just stop using the word cyber in our jobs. So very interesting conversation as well around the national cybersecurity strategy. A whole lot more there. Go check it out. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.